Hello, this is Dr. David Friedman, host of To Your Good Health Radio, and this episode is being brought to you by Carnivora. We have more diet books, gyms, and health food stores than ever in history, yet our nation's health continues to decline from obesity, heart disease, diabetes, and cancer. Could the root cause be our consumption of processed foods? We have with us Dr. David Kessler, former commissioner of the FDA. His new book, Fast Carbs, Slow Carbs, shares how we can reach our ideal weight and regain control of our health. Don't go anywhere. It all starts now. It's To Your Good Health Radio with number one best-selling author and renowned wellness expert, Dr. David Friedman, changing lives just for the health of it. Our next guest graduated from Harvard Medical School with a degree in pediatrics. He's also a graduate of Amherst College and the University of Chicago Law School. He served as commissioner of the U.S. Food and Drug Administration under Presidents George H.W. Bush and Bill Clinton. In fact, he helped design the nutritional facts label that appears today on all packaged foods. He's the former dean of Yale Medical School and also served as dean at the University of California, San Francisco. Welcome to the show, author of Fast Carbs, Slow Carbs, The Simple Truth About Food, Weight, and Disease, New York Times bestselling author, Dr. David Kessler. A pleasure to be with you. Oh, thanks for joining us. First, share with us, what are fast carbs? What are slow carbs? Fast carbs are uh, both sugars and starch. Okay. And they are uh, the carbohydrates that are rapidly absorbed uh, in our gastrointestinal tract. Uh, Slow carbs are carbohydrates like vegetables and legumes that are allowed to pass through our GI tract and are not rapidly absorbed. Got that. And, you know, you talk a lot about processed foods, and I've had health experts on this show that consider olive oil because it's not in its natural state a processed food. What's your opinion on that, and what defines a processed food? So, obviously, we've been been processing foods for thousands of years, Um, going back to cooking and heat and milling of grain. Uh, But the real culprits, uh, after a lot of investigation and looking at the data uh, and, you know, just personally uh, trying to control my weight are the processed carbohydrates. Those um, uh, carbohydrates uh, that are, in essence, pre-digested, even before we put them in our mouth. And that we're flooding our bodies uh, with this rapidly absorbable glucose because all these, it's not just sugar, it's sugar and starch uh, that Mm -hmm. ends up uh, being that glucose um, that gets so absorbed so early in our GI tract um, that really is the culprit when you look closely at weight um, metabolic uh, disease, um, that I think um, certainly there, there are issues with all processed foods and we can discuss that. But I think the processed carbohydrates are the ones that are front and center when it comes to metabolic dysfunction, especially diabetes. 
Right. Let's talk about grains. I know they used to be considered healthful, and now many experts say we should avoid all grains. They'll spike your blood sugar. They cause disease. What's your opinion on grains, good or bad, or is there a select few that we should avoid? So, so let's understand what, what we mean by and what's happened um, to that grain kernel. You know, go back to 300 years. Ours is a country. If you go to Mount Vernon and you look at the the ceiling of George Washington's home, you you see uh, the wheat uh, carved in the ceiling. He had hoped Mm -hmm. that uh, our country, because of its grasslands, would become the granary to the world. And so we did. But look at that kernel. Go up that stalk, that wheat stalk. Look at the very top. Look at that wheat kernel. Now, there, there are a number of layers, the, 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 the bran, the, the membranes, uh, that uh, encompass, that you have to get to before you get to the energy, to the endosperm. I mean, mm-hmm. That starch in that wheat kernel is tightly packed in a starch granule. Now take that that uh, uh, that granule, right? And what happens in modern day food processing? And, you know, we built this distribution uh, and this manufacturing system that can take that kernel and subject it to such intense heat and mechanical forces. I mean, there's many types of look at the processing equipment that the industry uses, for example, extrusion cooking. That subjects, that kernel, and this is after milling. We've always milled the food, grains, right? right. But, but that extrusion uh, cooking takes that granule and disperses, it, distru- it disrupts all the, the, that, that structure to that that endosperm, so that right. the surface area gets, uh, you know, is, is so great that it gets rapidly absorbed and as soon as it hits our GI tract. And we're flooding our bodies with that rapidly absorbable glucose that comes from that wheat kernel. Intact whole grains are going to at least have a chance to get lower in our GI tract, and they can mm-hmm. stimulate fullness and satiety. You know, we used to, when, you know, certainly when I was trained, we used to think of, of the gut as a tube. But now, you know, we're learning a lot about gastrointestinal hormones and the signals that our mm-hmm. GI tract sends send to our organs. And, um, you know, one very important GI hormone that's at the uh, at the lower part of our GI tract called GLP-1, you know, by just having such rapidly absorbable, such fast-absorbed carbohydrates, it never even gets down to the lower okay. part of our GI tract. So it doesn't get to, to stimulate those hormones to give you satiety uh, and fullness. And there are other hormones that the, the, the part of our, earlier on in our GI tract that stimulate uh, insulin and blood glucose. And, you know, we never really thought, right, what would be the effect of taking those wheat kernels, subjecting them to those forces, that heat, 
that, those mechanical forces disrupting right. that granule, and then flooding our body almost constantly. You know, some 60% of processed food, right, are those processed carbohydrates, and that just is rapidly absorbable glucose. Add to that our sugar intake, right? And we never really right. thought about the effect of this never-ending flood uh, on our bodies. Right. In your book, I know you share how the term complex carbohydrates should be removed. Tell us why. I know you were the commissioner for the FDA and you helped create the nutritional facts label. Why should that not be on the label anymore? So if you go back to the 1970s and 1980s and you look at the recommendations mm -hmm. um, for uh, what we should eat in the bottom of the pyramid, Right. You know, back in the 60s and 70s, it was something called the McGovern Committee. That was the first nutritional advice. And they talked about increasing the amount of car complex carbohydrates. They did say to limit sugar, but they say increase complex carbohydrates. But what's that complex carbohydrates? I mean, much of that is just starch. And that starch in processed food is going to be rapidly digestible, and it's no different than sugar. So, you know, complex carbohydrates could be, they could be, uh, you know, vegetables and legumes, and there, mm -hmm. there's limited starch, and this, it's the structure of the food. What processing does is it eliminates the structure of food. So the food is, is pre-digested. It goes down in a, in a wash and gets rapidly absorbed uh, as glucose. And, and the problem is that starch, I mean, I always looked at starch and I said, oh, well, that's just bland. You know, that was, that was what we used in kindergarten to make paste, right? right? I didn't see that in the same category as sugar. You know, we all knew this was bad for us, the, the, the sugars and processed foods, but it's the amount of starch that we're consuming that in essence is no different than sugar. Yeah, that makes sense. Before we continue, I want to tell you about a product I take called Carnivora. The coronavirus, you know, it's created mass hysteria. Hand sanitizer sold out and face masks are back ordered and people are actually using coffee filters instead. Lysol is being sprayed on everything that people own. And those that don't have a healthy immune system are at greater risk. And that's why I take Carnivora, a nutritional powerhouse made from extracts of the Venus flytrap. Carnivora contains 17 naturally occurring compounds that help support a healthy immune system. I first learned about Carnivora back in the 80s. President Ronald Reagan took it to strengthen his immune system. Having therapies from around the world at his disposal, Reagan chose Carnivora and you should too. Carnivora is a 100% plant-based product that nourishes and helps strengthen the body. Instead of stressing out about getting sick, take proactive steps to boost your immune system. Order yours today at Carnivora.com and be sure and use promo code GOODHEALTH and receive a discount on your order. That's Carnivora.com, promo code GOODHEALTH. One pet peeve I have with the nutritional facts label is the serving size. I mean, a bag of potato chips that says on the label serving size is for chips is a little bit deceiving. How many people eat just four potato chips? So what's your view on that? On that it gets a little confusing because people uh, get excited and they look, and if they look at the serving size, they go, oh, maybe that's not so good. 
uh, either that or you, there's that problem where you look at a bag and you think that's the entire serving, but when you look closely, that, that bag is two or three servings. Right. So, l- 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 let me give you uh, a hypothetical food label, okay? And you tell me what the food is, okay? Mm-hmm. It's 300 calories, right? It has next to sugar, it has zero. Next to total fat, it's zero. Right. Next to total carbohydrates, it has 28 or 30 grams, and it has some salt, and it has some protein, but it's almost all total carbohydrates. What do you think that food is? Give me a guess. I don't, I don't know. Three car, you said uh, three calories? No, 300 no calories. 300, oh, 300 calories, calories, zero sugar, zero fat. To- all it says is total carbs, 30 grams. I don't know. I couldn't even guess. It's a bagel. It's oh, a bagel. Interesting. Right? So when you look right. at that, you go, no, no fat, no sugar, looks pretty good, right? It just says total carbohydrate. Right. That bagel, when you eat that bagel, and don't, you know, I'm going to get all these complaints about don't go after my bagel, right? Uh-huh. But that bagel is mostly starch. It's processed carbohydrate, right? It's flour. That bagel right, has the equivalent of, on average, raising blood sugar, blood glucose, the same as 28 teaspoons of pure sugar. And, and the label says total carbohydrates. And, and so you go, well, that, there's no problem, right? Total carbohydrates, it doesn't say sugar, it doesn't say... So, so, but that, that was total carbohydrates because the, uh, you're not dealing with uh, the, the structure. There's no structure of that grain. It's not an intact granule anymore. Right? It's not a vegetable or a legume where you have the fiber and you have whatever starch is in that um, is, is one, minimal, and two, it's in, in the normal structure. Right. But by processing and you know, uh, eating just uh, starch, I mean, that's the problem. And it looks like, right, not only does it create problems, you know, because starch is, starch is the delivery vehicle, but what does the industry do? It takes that starch, which is problematic in itself, but it's, it, starch is the delivery vehicle for fat, sugar, and salt. Right. right? So you're getting all those calories, right? Um, uh, and yeah, that makes sense. The, the, the real issue is for those of us who have difficulty in controlling our weight. That process, those processed carbs get us caught in a vicious cycle of, of weight gain, you know, elevated blood glucose, elevated uh, insulin um, that is very hard to get out of. And I'm concerned that all that processed carb certainly is very hard for the body of those of us, I mean, who are metabolically challenged, whether, you know, we have problems with our weight, right. you know, and certainly in a diabetic, you know, it is like adding fuel to the fire. I mean, one of the, you know, you look at the clinical trial data, removing that, those processed carbs from somebody who's diabetic, that could be one of the most effective treatments. They can get off yeah. their meds in, in some cases. 
So, you know, I'm also concerned that these processed carbs are harmful, I mean, in causing these right. this metabolic dysfunction. You know, if you go back, you know, 100 years ago, you know, when we didn't have enough food, when we barely had enough food to keep up with our energy needs, you know, I'm not sure that, you know, processed carbs, you know, the, the, the milling, the, the flour, I don't think it was as problematic. But in an environment of positive energy balance, which we vast mm-hmm. majority of us are in, right? Adding processed carbs on top of that positive energy balance, I mean that that just causes. Yeah. I mean, I think significant makes, makes dysfunction. Sense. Yeah, something also you cover in your book. I was happy to see a lot of these products on the market. They're labeled as quote plant based, and they actually fall into the unhealthy processed food category. Share with us how seeing plant based on the label can be deceptive. Well, the, 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 what what let me tell you what's not deceptive. Okay, looking at uh, food and seeing something that looks like food. <laughs> Keeping the structure of food is absolutely critical, right? I mean, because what's the the advantage of that structure of that fiber is that it protects whatever starch is in there. It's not going to be rapidly absorbed. It stays intact. We never it never dawned on us that the structure of food, you know, not just the chemicals in it, was were absolutely uh, critical. So if you take, um, you know, I mean, if you take and just say because something is plant-based doesn't mean, I mean, it could be loaded with processed carbohydrates and processed starch. So you have to be careful. The question is, I mean, is there some structure to the food? Right. But they're not being deceptive if it's actually made in a plant. It's still plant-based, just a different kind of plant. So technically, they're being honest. <laughs> well, you know, the, the, the issue is, um, you know, it, it, it's, it's, it's that starch, right? It's a starch right. and sugar, right, that is overwhelming. And that's, I mean, that starch, I mean, really comes am. from plants, right? So, but but there are are so but what we want is where to limit that 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 rapidly digestible starch, so and and, and increase the fiber which is also a carbohydrate, you know it's sort of an inverse ratio, right? Reduce the amount of uh, starch, increase the amount of fiber, and that can make all the difference in your health. So true. Let me ask you something that I've wondered. I'm glad that you're here because you maybe can clear it up. Why does the same organization that regulates toenail fungus medication and chemotherapy also regulate our orange juice and breakfast cereals? Shouldn't drugs be governed by, you know, a different organization than the one that oversees our food? So you're right. It is the Food and Drug Administration. Uh, Let me assure you there are different centers. So there's a center Mm -hmm. for food. And there's a center for drugs. And we have different standards. And there are different laws over the years um, that govern. You know, there's pre, uh, this very extensive preclinical testing on drugs. They have to meet very high standards. They have to be labeled in a certain way. And that's done by the Center for Drug Evaluation and Research within FDA. Mm-hmm. There's also a center for food safety. Uh, and 
uh, that's a different center. But, you know, sometimes these issues, um, you, you, you know, the, the, the scientific, toxicological, and health issues, there are overlap. Um, so I found it very useful to be able to, you know, certainly when confronted with is- scientific issues, to have people who have that scientific background who can look at both food and drugs. Right. Okay, that makes sense. Besides our food labels and, you know, the food process, in your opinion, what else is, uh, could the government be doing better to help combat the obesity epidemic? Well, so, I mean, you know, there's such conflicting in information. The reason I wrote the book, the reason I wrote Fast Carbs, Slow Carbs, is to see if I can boil down very simply um, what can we do to change the trajectory um, of obesity and diabetes that, that we're on, right? And I really came up, I mean, after, after really studying this and researching this, I mean, I, 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 I boil it down to three basic recommendations. You know, limit the, the amount of fast carbs that you eat, right? That's number one. That's what we've been talking about. The second one that I think is also key, and you understand this, is to lower your LDL. Right. Well, and that's a blood lipid. And the best way to lower your, you know, get to, the, the, the clinical trial data, now it's from drugs, okay? I mean, that's the, where the data I have, and we can talk about diet. But the lower you get your LDL, right, the lower you risk you lower the risk of atherosclerotic heart disease. And and that is staring us in the face. If we could get, you know, Americans to reduce their their LDL by whatever mechanism, we can talk about that, down to, you know, significantly, you know, down to below 100, you know, around 70. If we can get people's LDL down there, we can wipe out in our lifetime 70 to 80% of atherosclerotic heart disease. I mean, that would be, that's wow. dramatic change. Yes. And the third thing is, and I know this is hard, but to engage in moderate intensity daily exercise. And that allows you to have and maintain your insulin sensitivity, right? I mean, that's what, I mean, it gives you a, basically a sink, a drain. Any excess energy can, you know, when you exercise can go down that, that drain. And most importantly, it maintains insulin sensitivity and that maintains metabolic flexibility so you could handle what you're eating without doing damage. Right. Those three rules, limit your uh, fast carbs, reduce your LDL as low as you can get it, that's the blood lipid, engage in moderate intensity exercise, that'll deal with weight, diabetes, cardiovascular disease, and have some of the greatest effect uh, on our health. Um, as anything you and I've seen in our life. Wow. Great advice. Time flew by in the one minute we have left. Anything else you'd like to share about your new book or maybe a general tidbit on food that we didn't cover? Um, it's the structure of food uh, that, that, that's key. Um, uh, limit the intake of fast carbs. They can make a d- dramatic difference in your health. Love it. Fantastic information. Thanks so much for being here. We learned a lot. Hope listeners took good notes. The book is called Fast Carbs, Low 
Slow Carbs, and the simple truth about food, weight, and disease. And it's available on Amazon.com and everywhere books are sold. You can follow Dr. Kessler on Facebook and Twitter at David A. Kessler, MD, on Facebook at David A. Kessler, author. For my daily tweets and posts, follow me at Dr. David Friedman. If you heard Dr. Kessler share something today that somebody you know needs to hear, send them a link to this podcast. It's available to yourgoodhealthradio.com and radiomd.com. And check out our podcast library and share these segments with friends, family, coworkers, and on social media. Sharing is caring. You can also subscribe to future podcasts at iHeartRadio and iTunes. More to come. Stay tuned and stay well.